What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. We are live inside of the Tap In Studio. I got a special guest in the building, man. Um, a lot of times I interview a lot of artists and people that need to get their paperwork together, need somebody to, to consult with. So I had to bring on Bree, entertainment attorney. How you doing, miss? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, good. Thank you for tapping in with me. Thank you for letting me tap in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Bree, I want to get into, um, tell me, I know you're an entertainment lawyer, right? Uh-huh. You do contracts. Um, do you do, like, um, negotiate deals? Like, tell me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, do all, all of that. that. Okay. So I do, so I draft contracts, I review contracts, I advise on contracts, I negotiate, we do all of that. Okay. Yes. Do you work for a firm or you you uh, you got your own practice? So I work for my own firm. Okay. So the Bethel Law Firm, yes. Okay, perfect. All right. So how did you become an attorney? What made you even want to even delve into this world of of being a lawyer. Yeah. So I've always wanted to be an attorney. Always. Really? Yeah. I just didn't know what type of attorney I wanted to be. Right. Mm. And then I came up here to UTA, UT Arlington for undergrad and started working with, now I'm going to age myself when I say this, but started working with Red Rum Records. Do you remember them? No. Okay. So um, that was back in the day. Right. Do you, have you ever heard of Eargasm CDs? No. A CD store? Okay. I'm from from California. Okay. So you're you're not, you you haven't been here long? (laughs) I've been in six years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that they used to, uh, I used to work with them. Okay. And that's how I met somebody who was an entertainment attorney. I didn't even know those things existed. And so for me, it was the, the combination of the best of both worlds. It was the, the entertainment scene plus being an attorney. And that was just, that was mm. it for me. So that's how that came about. Okay. Did anybody before that point, did anybody inspire you to like, did you ever see any other black female attorneys at any point or what made you interested in that? Are you just, <laughs> no. just from that point? That's a good question. And I'm, and as I'm, as you're asking me, I'm like racking my brain, like, wait, not that I can, nobody that stood out that I can remember like, Oh, I want to be like her. No, I just, um, I remember telling my mom and this is young, like six, seven years old. I remember telling her first, I wanted to be like the president of the United States. Mm. And then I decided I want to be a nurse. And then I was like, no, I think I'm going to be a lawyer. And then that just kind of, from there, that's what it was. I was going to be a lawyer. Really? And that was it, yeah. That's dope, man. <laughs> that's super Because I always never see black female attorneys, one. I see mm-hmm. a lot of male attorneys, mm-hmm. but not a lot of female attorneys. Yeah. Is it is it a lot of y'all? Is it a lot of uh, female attorneys? This is a white male dominated industry. Really? Yeah. So it's not a lot of us at all. Um, and then it's not a lot of black female attorneys at all. So yeah, no, we, we're like unicorns out here in these streets. Mm, okay. And on the entertainment side, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to contracts, I always hear all these horror stories from artists about yeah. people messing them over. How do you get messed over on a contract? Because uh, you see, so, so what I run into is that artists, number one, um, are not taking the business side of the of the game seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. They just want to create and perform and that's it. And that's dope. Right. That's that's essentially why you became an, a, an artist. Mm-hmm. But on the back end, there's that business side that you have to 
show just as much attention to, right? Mm. And so they're getting messed over because there's things in the contract that is not in their best interest. There's things in the contract that they didn't either, they, they looked over, they didn't understand it, or they didn't negotiate for, you know, on their behalf. So that's how they're getting messed over. And it's usually having to do with their coins. Yeah. Because I always think, and, and there's certain phrases that I know people be overlooking or they may not understand mm-hmm. it. Because I know when um, this is my, this is as far as my legal uh, knowledge goes. When I didn't have a license, driver's license, mm-hmm. right? And it was something in, I was trying to get my um, my driver's license back. And it was certain words that was like, will or can or mm-hmm. just those. Shall. Li- yes. Yeah, like those, those little words yeah, mean oh. something totally different. Oh, they carry a lot of weight. Yeah. They carry, like <laughs> yes. that, that changes the entire sentence completely. Yes. And then, like I said, like, you know, the, people just don't. I, I always tell my artists, yes. Are you smart enough to read this contract and understand it? Yes. But do you know what should be in there or should not be in there? And that's where it gets a little tricky, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know the words that are that they're saying and the words that are on it. Because you get that a lot. Like, I'm smart enough. I can do my own contract. Sure. But did you know that this should have been in there and it wasn't? They purposely left that out, hoping that you wouldn't know? Mm-hmm. No, you don't. You know, because th- it, you're not looking at those type of contracts on a regular basis. Right. So that's kind of where I step in. And I learned a new word, perpetuity. Perpetuity. <sighs> that's heavy. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Perpetuity is heavy, man. It is. Now, can you explain to people what that word actually means? Forever. Forever yeah. and ever and ever and ever and ever. For your children, your children's children, your children's children. Like, it's, it goes on forever. Yes. So, man. Yeah. Okay. So, take us back. So, when you were working with, um, what is it? You said Red Rum? Red Rum Records. Okay. What were you doing for them? Or who did you... So what happened was I initially started working for Eargasms. Eargasms was a CD store. So this is when we were still doing CDs. Okay. Okay. So again, I'm aging myself, (laughs) right? But this is when um, Chameleon and Slim Thug and them used to drive from Houston to Mm. um, do, um, what do you call it? I forgot. It it just left me. But consignments. They used to consign, you know, do consignments with the store. Mm. So they would go to each store. Like, that's how it was back in the day, right? And they would just drive Texas and go to each store and do a consignment with each store and then sell the the CDs from there, right? Mm. So this is when they was coming in person to drop off CDs. Right. Um, And, and, uh, yeah, listen, like, these (laughs) cats didn't have it as easy as these, you know, these these new age artists. So this is like that, and um, so I was, th- I was working there as a manager, and the, the cat that owned Eargasms worked with Red Rum Records, so they brought me into Red Rum as well, and then they were throwing parties, and I just saw a different side of the industry that I had no clue about, mm. um, and so I fell in love with that, you know, and I was like, well, I can't, I can't rap, I can't sing, you know, um, and then that's what I'm saying, that's the importance of that entertainment, and I wish I knew his name, I don't know his name, I don't even mm. remember what he looked like. But when he came, he was like, I'm an entertainment attorney. I was like, what? Ah, so I can <laughs> I can still be in the industry, right? Yeah. And then do my attorney thing. And so that's how that happened. Wow. Okay. <laughs> how long do how long was you at um Eargasm or how long did you work with Red Room? That was during my undergrad year, so maybe maybe three years. Really? Maybe four, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And who was up? Do, do you remember like what artist was on that label at that time, or that was a part of Red Rum? So at, at that time, it was like um, I know. Uh, do you know? Not 
so Google was part of the the crew. So Google, James Shepard, Eleni was all part of the crew. Um, but then there was um, one of these. Are, I forgot, man. I okay, don't remember. worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, don't hey, I don't know. You don't put me on the spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. Okay, man. I always, I always thought like entertainment attorneys. Some of them was. How do I call it? Mm. Where they were a part of the the system mm-hmm. into because the only way att- attorneys make money is if they ne- either negotiate a deal for you or if you're coming to them and say, "Hey, can you look over this deal?" Right? Mm-hmm. And for me, I always thought it was like important to go outside of outside of what they what they normally would do like like let's say if you're just an attorney, right? Uh-huh. I would want to come to somebody who is a criminal attorney to look at a contract. Ooh, don't you ever. <laughs> don't you ever do that. Because criminal attorneys have no clue what they're doing. That's not, it's not the same thing. Mm. Criminal attorneys are negotiating uh, your jail sentence, are negotiating your criminal charges, right? Mm. They have no clue what advance you should be having. They have no clue what royalties are. They have, that's not what they do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. You go to an entertainment attorney. So usually what happens is the record labels will have their in-house entertainment attorneys for their end. Mm-hmm. You get your own independent entertainment attorney, somebody like me. I'm working on your behalf. I ain't got, Universal ain't paying me a dime. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I'm working on and making sure that you're getting paid and you're getting the money that you're owed on your end. But do not go to family law attorneys. Do not please, please, Lord. Don't do where, it. Where do, you, where do people find entertainment attorneys? Because I know, like, family law attorneys, criminal attorneys, there are a bunch of a them. A bunch of them. But where do you go to, where would somebody even go to look you up? Google. Just <laughs> so Google? Google entertainment attorney. Or you can come to me directly, of course, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, your first bet is Google and word of mouth. Just ask. Ask around, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't. If nobody knows, go on Facebook, search entertainment attorney. Go on Instagram, search entertainment attorney. We're going to pop up. Really? Is that yeah. easy? I mean, it's it's not as hard as we make it, but you're right. It's, we're not out there like family. It's not a lot of us, like family law and criminal law. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of us, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man, and you're, you're based here in, in Dallas. It, yes. Okay. Leave, give your information in the middle. Of the other of the interview, so sure. people can get that. <laughs> sure. So again, Bree Bethancourt, owner of the Bethancourt Law Firm. My number is one eight three three four. The number four Bree B R I Law. So that's one eight three three four Bree Law. You can find me on Facebook at the Bethancourt Law Firm or on Instagram at Issa I S S A underscore Lawyer. And then just hit me up. Let me know what you need, and we'll take you from there. Cool. And how does how does how does the 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 negotiation part works does does a record label send you the contract and then you working on behalf of them or are y'all sending a contract over to universal and say hey this is what we want what is it normally in that particular um scenario when you're dealing with the major labels they're usually sending you a contract on their end and then we uh, review it with our client i'm gonna explain what it is to you see what it is that you want and then start the negotiation process with them back and forth. Is the first is uni, is the universal or these big labels are they contracts as really as bad as people saying? Like it depends on who you are and what you want. It really just depends. Some of them I haven't seen 
absolutely terrible ones, no. Um, but I know that they're out there. They just haven't crossed my desk. Have you have you seen a bad boy contract? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I always hear Diddy, and I'm now. I've Diddy been having the worst contracts. Listen, out I there. heard. I heard something. I heard some some um, some rumors about Mason Diddy having some issues, but then Mace's Mace's artist coming and be like. But yo, yours is raggedy too. <laughs> I, hey, I I haven't looked into all of that, but yeah, I've heard some murmurings. Yeah, what's the um the biggest contract that you negotiated? Can you give us those numbers? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. But I have, like I said, I'm not new to negotiating with the majors at all. Okay. So that's just part of what I do. You okay. know. So yeah. Man, where and I got so many questions in my head that I'm just like, <laughs> just get one out. Um, and so. Do will it be easier for? Um, I don't know. I think I already asked that. But I, uh, I just, I'm just so in, in, in fast, infatuated with this this business side of the entertainment game yeah. that I don't even know where to even begin. Because I know when I talk to a lot of artists and I interview a lot of artists, yeah. it's always like. I don't want to get messed over. I don't want yeah. to get screwed by the, the by the big labels, or I don't want to sell my soul yeah. to the to the. But my thing is, the only way you learn the business is you got to kind of get not messed over. But that first contract is always going to be in the favor of the person who is putting the contract in front of you. The first, second, third, fourth, and all the contracts. When you draft the contract, you're not drafting in, in favor for the other person. You're going to draft it in favor for you always. So it's not even about, yeah, learn the basics, but build a team. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to learn it all. Build a team. Like, you can't. There's no way that you can know everything. You can't know how to produce and how to perform and how to right. do contracts. <laughs> so then that's why you have people on your team that you trust that works in your favor you know like that's what i always tell my artists like um yeah no so when i come to you and i say hey royalties you know like hey what you know so just know certain basic things but build a team and it's okay to pay people because i guarantee you what you're going to pay me up front is way less than what you stand to lose on the back end so when you look at it like that, you know, like people, even with regular businesses, they have CPAs, they have a legal team, they have somebody who answers the phone. That you can't do it all. The same thing with the game, with the with the um, with this industry. Mm, okay. Do you mostly work with just uh, like music artists, or is it like comedians, actors, or? Yeah. So I don't do much film and TV. Um, okay. They come, but I don't do much. So it's more music. Okay. Um, a little bit, a couple of literary people, you know, authors and stuff like that. But yes, comedians, models, managers, labels, DJs, things of that nature. I work with a lot of different people. Okay. Man, I always. <laughs> I, I, I'm just so because the business side is the major part of the inter, yeah. entertainment, and people always I know I always hear music business, and nobody want to give up they their rights to the music, right? But I think you you got to give up something in order to get in business. You got to give up something, but there's ways to that. There's a trick to the game, right? And so it just again, every situation is different. Every artist that comes comes from a different background or their needs are different at that particular time. Mm -hmm. So it just depends, right? And so yeah, there's ways to negotiate these things. There's you can negotiate. Everything is negotiable, y'all. Everything is negotiable. Yeah, but if I if I want to keep some of my rights. Or I want to keep some of the the ownership to the music. Mm -hmm. Do I have to give up the ownership or? 
Ah, so that's something that you have to come to me and we'll have to discuss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got to fail. Uh-oh, fee for that kind of information. You know? Okay. Um, on the, um, I guess I want to ask you, I know you said you don't do like any criminal stuff, right? Right. I did, though. When I started, I did everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion or what's your take on what's going on in Atlanta with these uh, these RICO cases? This, and uh, Do you think that the, the attorneys or the DA and all them are just targeting people? I'm going to be 100% honest with you and tell you that I have not followed up. Like, I have not been keeping my thumb on those stories at all. Do I think that they're targeting people? They're probably trying to crack down on some things. You know what I'm saying? But are they targeting? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what was happening. I don't know what they were doing. I, I have no <laughs> clue. I'm, I have not. I've been out of touch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. have. I have. Okay. All right. Do you have a, like, a love or a passion for music at all? Or I do. Really? I do. And it gets to the point where my clients trust me and they consider me as part of the team. So sometimes, a lot of times, I'll start, I'll hear music before it drops. And I look like, I love that. I love mm. it. Or like if they ask me my opinion, I think that's dope. You know, like you're asking me, an attorney, what I think. You know, but because I truly, like I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of my clients, right? Mm. So it's not like you just go on to somebody just because they're an attorney, just because, you know. No, I actually listen to it. Like, that's my type of music, right? So What, what type? What, what's, what's the genre? Is it R&B? Is it rap? All is, is it, it R&B, rap, trap? Really? <laughs> all of it. Like, I like it all. I know, right? Like, it, you're like, what? Yeah. No, listen, the things that I bump on the way to court when I was going to court regularly, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, you'll be like, hey. That's the lawyer? Yes. That's the lawyer, hey. Because <laughs> <laughs> most, most attorneys that I've seen have all been kind of just stiff and tight. and they Absolutely. Just, I'm like. Absolutely. Man. Right, and they don't have no personality, and, and I think that's what sets me apart, and that's what makes me different. My thing is to, to take me off that pedestal, take me off that high horse. I'm a person just like anybody else. I just happen to have a law degree, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, uh, yes, it's not, you know, it's something that I worked hard for and it's something that's not easily obtainable, right? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I'm going, I'm a high personality. I'm not so stuffy and, and um, that's just part of my charm. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Do you, um, do you, you, when you say you draft contracts, do you get them from a certain place or do you draft them just from scratch? I draft them. It depends. So um, most of the time I'm drafting them from scratch because every, Every situation is different. So there's not like just a ho-hum template that you could just get off the Internet. No, I'm, I'm drafting okay. them. And if, they're, if I'm receiving them to review and advise and I'm negotiating them, then, you know, I just work off of what I've received. Mm, okay. So it just depends on what my client needs for that particular project. Okay. Is there a particular label that has better contracts initially than other labels or pretty much all of them are they're pretty much standard? The standard industry contracts. Mm, yeah. Okay. What about like endorsements and and, and sponsorships? Um, I don't do much of those. Most of my clients that are coming to me are just like producer agreements, record label agreements, you know, stuff like that, or business because I do business law as well. Um, so a lot of business contracts. I don't do a lot of endorsements and sponsorships. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Do people do, do your clients be calling you like one o'clock in the morning? They be better like- not. <laughs> Um, listen, I got a life too. You know what I'm saying? And I got a kid and, and I got to sleep. Yeah. And I guarantee you ain't no label up at no one o'clock. And don't do that. And weekends, you know, just don't. <laughs> the, the best thing I could tell my clients is usually. So what happens is they'll get these 
they'll get these agreements like two weeks prior to them actually calling me mm. and then they want me to hurry up and get it done in the next day but it's like a 30 to 50 page no I, that's not gonna happen right mm. so I just I always tell my clients hey just let them know I um I just got an attorney please give my attorney they understand they know the game they know what it is and they'll give you a little bit extra time I always tell my clients so that's a little little uh free game right there just tell them you just got an attorney and they'll give you some extra time to get a review to, to review mm -hmm. it mm, okay i don't know man I, <laughs> I, I, I like it i like it you like it i do because that's the 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 most important part of this whole game because yeah. everybody the, the artist is already creating you know what i mean they already got that part down right packed. but then you know in order for you to have longevity there or, you, go. you know what i mean and still perpetuity be to, yes then you gotta yeah <laughs> then the yeah you gotta day. you gotta secure that business end. that business end is everything that business end is what determines how much money goes in your pocket and how much money does it mm -hmm. you know and that's the most important part out of all of it because i mean yeah you're doing it for the love of it but at some point you're trying to capitalize on it right and so this is the part that determines how much you capitalize on it Mm. So, you know, like I said, just build a team, get an attorney, whether it's me or whether it's somebody else. Of course, I would love for you to come to me, but like wh whoever it is, just make sure it's somebody that you feel like you can trust and that you can go to and make sure that it's somebody that, you know, um, that you can relate to, you know? Yeah. That's what I would want on my team. Yeah. What about if it's like a young new artist that's, mm -hmm. you know, on the come up, mm -hmm. they may not have a whole bunch of money mm -hmm. for an entertainment attorney, but... They're getting a lot of, would you take on a client like that? Or what do you advise in that scenario? Get you a job. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, I mean, this is my job too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is how I pay my bills and I feed my kids. So, mm -hmm. um, although I love it, like, this is real for me too. This is, I keep the lights on with this, you know? So, um, you know, I ain't, I, ain't, <laughs> I ain't taking too many pro bono. So, I would say get a job, you know, um, find somebody that's willing to, um, you know, put money into your cause, right? That's willing to um, put money behind you, whether that's your manager, whether that's family members, just somebody. That initial consultation isn't a lot. You can get a lot from a consultation, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that's affordable. So just start there and then just build and, and, and get an attorney that, that says, okay, now, young cat, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, this is how much this is going to cost to do this so that you can start just building Building and stacking your paper, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, all of this costs, y'all. Like, that's another thing. Like, a lot of people think, like, oh, can you do me a solid? But if I'm having um, if I'm having 10 people a week coming to me asking me for solids, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, this is part of how I eat. Yeah. So this is a real job for me. It's not a hobby, and, and people fail to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I I know $150, $200 for a consultation, like the information that you will get, mm -hmm. or at least that's an investment into you, right. to them, to, the, to themselves right. to go get the information and then build a relationship with, right. build a relationship with the attorney. So that way, when you do get that big deal, you already know who you can go there to. You, go. you know what I mean? There you go. So invest that. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the stuff like, you know, that record label uh, agreement is um, most of the time those are percentages anyway. So that's not something you're coming out of off top. Um, what what you do know, you mean by that? Like the attorney will take a percentage of whatever, you know, that deal is for. 
you know, oh, okay. on some of those. So some of those things, but most of the other things you have to come off, you know, you have to come out your pocket for. But just, you know, just giving you a little tidbit. Yeah, you're right. That's an investment to yourself. You can write it off. Legal services mm. are write off mm. for your business. So okay. you can write that off, that consultation fee and whatever else you paid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just think of it like that. Yeah. Do you do um? Do you like you do business uh, formations for artists? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do business formations for small businesses, medium, large business. Like, I do business uh, law as well. So I do trademarks, business law, and entertainment law. Really? Yeah. So I do. Um, Bri, I'm coming to you. Okay, come cool. on. I'm coming to you because I got so. Yeah, I got some things in mind that okay. I want to at least formate the my business under. So, okay. Yeah, I'm definitely coming to you. Definitely. I'm gonna tell you the last. I mean, you can you can either give me a look or you <laughs> say we ain't that expensive. Or, okay. Because right. my first business that I, I formated, the dude oh, formated. I don't know. Yeah. yeah Whatever. Okay. Formed. Yeah, formed. Mm-hmm. Dude cost charged me fifteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. To, to form it, mm-hmm. to form it. To form it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm assuming he, that came, you know, generally it comes with like a consultation, right? So it was a consultation, um, and then he gave me this big old established book. He gave me a stamp, all my documents. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. yeah, that that's about right. Okay. I was like, that seemed like a lot to uh-huh. me. It seemed uh-huh. like a lot, and I was like, because when I went to Zoom, uh, not legal Zoom. <laughs> legal I Zoom. I hate legal Zoom. I don't even know if I should say that. You might want to cut that up. <laughs> Why you don't mm. like legal Zoom? Because I have to fix a lot of contracts that come from legal Zoom. Mm, because okay. legal Zoom is one of those things that are, um, you come in real quick, you, you do whatever it is that they ask you to do. It's real basic and real minimal. Mm. And then the contracts are real um, standard. They're not individualized. Mm, okay. And so I've had to fix a lot of those contracts. Mm, okay. So, again, you spend more money on the back end than you would have in the front end. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. that's the only um, – and then for some reason, what is the um, – and this is on, on, the, on my business. I had to pay something every year to, to keep it – no, so you have to, unless you're making a million dollars or more in oh. Texas, okay. then you have to um, report once a year to the franchise, your franchise, like to the Texas comptroller. Yeah, yeah, So you okay. have to report. So you don't pay anything unless you're making a million, over a million a year. So if you're not making a unless you were late. Now, there's a deadline. So if you were late, then I think it's like a $50 fee to then come in and, and but you shouldn't be paying. Any. Is, this, is this formed in the state of Texas? Yes. What is it? Is it the franchise tax? Do you know? It might be. You shouldn't be paying. Are you making a million a year? No. Okay, so you shouldn't be paying anything. <laughs> it should be just that you're reporting once a year. Again, I think the deadline is March or May. It's one of those. I get them confused. If you do it after the deadline, it's a $50 fee, like late fee, because you did it after the now, deadline. Now, you know what it is? You know, I'm, I'm sorry. You, I, I remember what it was. It was... I have a website, right? And uh-huh. I was having, I was selling uh, my hoodies on the website. Okay. And then, so every three months, they will send me uh, something from the comptroller asking me how much money I made from my, my website and all this other stuff. Every three months? It was something like that. Okay. And Coming th- from the comptroller? Yes. Oh, okay. And then I recently, um, Carl was like, hey, man, like, <laughs> I ain't making no more money from right, there. Like, and right. then she was like, 
No, you could you could set it up where it only comes once a year. Yeah. Versus the three Every months. Every three months. Yeah. I was like, yeah, because I didn't I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Okay. And, you know what I mean? It was trying to just trying to just build the business yeah. up and just set it up. But I'm like, this is, seems excessive. I don't know what I'm. I don't know if, if they asked me. And I always had to. I remember. Every time I uh, sent some back or they sent mm-hmm. me something, I always had to send a check with it. Yeah, it was like a tax or something that they wanted from from my website. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that. You should. Uh, it should only be once a year. And again, if you're reporting less than a million dollars in, in sales, then you shouldn't be paying anything. I gotta get that money back. Listen, you might want to call them because I don't even know what that's about. <laughs> that may have to be part of our, our thing when we talk because I don't know what that's about. Man. <laughs> Talking about you gotta write a check every three months. What? Yes. For what? And and you said you wasn't making a million dollars in sales no. and I don't know what that's about. Unless they were just, unless that was just like your quarterly taxes. Taxes are quarterly and that comes from the IRS. Okay. So that's... So, but I don't know why they would... I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We would have to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, yeah. I'm definitely coming to you because I definitely have some other um, businesses that I, I need to get um, formatted. Mm-hmm. Why, why I keep saying formatted? Is that <laughs> okay, is, formed? Formed. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Formed. I like it. Formatted. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, what else, man? What else? Anything? I, I know you can't talk about nothing that you currently working on that or that i've worked on in the past you can't no okay i like to keep my clients you know so they don't they don't have to worry about me telling their business i I, I respect that okay yeah yeah but other than that i mean (laughs) i've been so i do speaking as well okay okay so i do speaking as well so i've been uh next week i'm going to san antonio Okay. To speak at their Latina conference. Isn't that cute? Latina. Latina. So it's for like female, Latin females that are in the legal field. Okay. Um, and so I think this is like their first or second. It's like super, super brand Latina. Isn't I thought that was so clever. Um, so I'm speaking on, um, just running a law firm in this day and age, uh, with social media and, and what that looks like. And, um, just being a female in a, in the game because I told you like being like it's not a lot of females in here and this is a white male dominated industry mm-hmm. so um, it looked a little different for us you know what I'm saying yeah um, and so I'll be speaking on that so I'm very excited about that and that's mm-hmm. at my old law school that's the okay. law school I graduated from okay so yeah yeah would you um encourage more women to getting into uh, being an attorney or in the, the the law industry, I guess. So what I would say is, if this is where your heart is, absolutely, because it's not cheap. That schooling is not cheap. The the it's not easy. Um, being out here on the other side, outside of school, is not easy. Especially if you're gonna hang up your own shingle. That's what we call it when you start your own biz, your own law firm. It's called mm-hmm. hanging up your own shingle. So if you're gonna do that, um, and you that's what you want. Um, even if you don't want to start your own firm, but you want to just be an attorney in corporate America, whatever the case may be. Um, just make sure that this is where your heart is at because this ain't a cakewalk at all. Yeah, it's real on this side. Schooling was hard. Um, and then, you know, all those loans that I had to get to go to law school was, was real. Mm, So, okay. Just make sure. Have you ever worked for a firm or no, really? Mm -mm. I just can't (laughs) just jumped out there. I mean, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know. It's crazy. Like, looking back, I'm like, 
Like that's a little cringy, you know. Yeah. But no, I just yeah, I was work. So I was working in corporate America, right? Mm-hmm. I was working for a Fortune 500 company in their contract department. I got licensed as an attorney mm-hmm. while I was working there, and I thought, and they had an opening position for the attorney that looked over my department, right? So mm-hmm. to me, that's a no-brainer. I've been here for three years. I'm pretty much almost, uh, in my eyes, running the, the department for Texas. So it may, I mean, right? No-brainer. I'm going to now be the attorney. Like, duh. They said no. I said, oh. <laughs> so what? I bounced. I was like, yeah, nah. Y'all ain't finna do me like that. I want to be an attorney. I'm not going to keep doing this. You know what I'm saying? So, um so I just started my own firm because they refused. And, and yeah, wow. I decided that I wasn't going to allow anybody else to dictate my future. You know what I'm saying? So I just went ahead and, but mind you, I had a one and a half year old. She was one and a half at the time, mm. you know, and I was by myself. I had just bought a house. So it was real out here in these streets, yeah. but I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't mm. because I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I, if I slow rolled myself. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I jumped out there. Mm, just did it. That's super dope. It's scary though. though, It's scary. (laughs) But on the other side of it is is it paid off. Yeah. It paid off a hundred percent. Absolutely. And I would do it again. Really? I would absolutely. There's nothing I would change because it's when your back is against the wall, right? Like that's when you realize what you're made of. Mm. Like that's when it ain't no ain't no plan B. I didn't have a plan B. It was plan A all day. And I had to make plan A work. By hook or by crook, it was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a baby to feed. So, hey. like, But I didn't know anybody else that did it. So it was one of those that I was just like, well, yeah. let me pray about it and go, you know? But I know my family members are like, what is, <laughs> what is she doing? Yeah. <laughs> what, what is you doing? And I was like, I don't know, you know? <laughs> but, but it worked. How did you gain those clients that, like that first year? That's what, remember when I told you I was doing criminal and doing all that? I was on those wheels. Those court appointment attorneys, mm, that was your girl. Mm. I was doing court appointment for criminal and court appointment for CPS. And mm. so, um, yeah, I made good money, though. It was a lot of, it was a lot of cases and a lot, I was running from the time I dropped off to daycare in the morning to the time I picked her up. I was in different counties doing hustling. And really? being attorneys, you know, being a uh, court appointed attorney in different counties. So I would go to court here in the morning. Then I got court here. and it, duh, duh, duh. So all day I was in court um, picking up, you know, McDonald's on the way in between driving mm-hmm. to the next hearing. Um, so when I was bumping my trap, that's yeah. when that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was doing. But, um, I mean, I had to do what I had to do. People talk bad about court appointed attorneys. They do. You've heard them. I have. They talk bad about court. A lot of those court appointed attorneys were amazing, also had their own firms and had private attorneys, but was doing court appointment for whatever reason, right? Um, They were dope. A lot of those attorneys you couldn't afford on your own. You couldn't afford on your own, but then they would do the court appointment and you would still get that same type of service. They would mentor me. They were were awesome attorneys, man. And people always like, oh, they think like it's the bottom of the barrel. No, some of these dope attorneys that if you had the money, you would Google and look up and pay private money to mm-hmm. we're also doing court appointments yeah the reason why i think people say that is because like you said they got a caseload is is big yeah so they don't have enough time to really sit down and give you that attention mm-hmm. that you would want from attorney that you're paying you know what i mean right but but at the same time a lot of the attorneys the ones that i'm talking about the ones okay. that i ran a- across 
gave you that top-notch service, what you was pe- paying privately or, or you was court-appointed. Mm. They gave you that top-notch service regardless, right? And they put their, their, they put their all now, of course, there's a caseload, right? Mm. Um, but, I mean, we deal with caseloads now anyway, privately, right? Yeah. So, um, fortunately, the county I was in, it wasn't, from my experience, it wasn't that bad, you know, where they were just overloading us with cases we had enough attorneys on the wheel but i mean i would be like yo like she's dope like that's your attorney she's dope like she knows the game and you couldn't afford to know you bet you know like count your blessings on that you know how do, how does the general public find out if the attorney is good or not how do you know i guess it's just i mean you don't it's just a, we know because i know how they work you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying but the general public they don't, and because they've heard all these things about court-appointed attorneys, and they kind of, you know, they kind of, like, give them shade and stuff, you know. Um, but I, I say if the attorney's answering your phone calls, answering your questions, if they're, if they're showing that they care, if they show up to court, if they just show up to court at the time that you're supposed to be there, and you see them in front of that judge, and they, y'all discussed the, the strategy, and they they. They hitting it, whether they win or lose, but they hitting it, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's the makers of a good attorney. It's the ones that ain't answering your phone call. They don't show up to court. Like, it's a court date, and you up there by yourself, and they got to reset it because the attorney didn't show up. That's when you got a clue, like, maybe this ain't. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. if they're, like, going hard for you, and, they're, and they know your case, and, they, and they're sitting there talking to you about negotiation strategies and tactics... I mean that's that's what it is. Mm, okay. Uh, Not for those that have court appointed attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've I've uh I've gotten off those wheels cuz I I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And criminal criminal law just wasn't it. Yeah. So and family law wasn't it. You know what I'm saying? Cuz family law is a whole nother Listen. Listen, I've been through all those courts. Uh, <laughs> all of them. Listen, family law is no joke. As, as like as an attorney on this side, the things that you see and hear um is wild. Yeah. It's wild. So, <laughs> yeah. like, that's not my thing either. So, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So, yeah. that's why I got off. But, man, there's still some dope attorneys on that wheel. Yeah. What's your background? Where, where are you? Where are you I, I feel like you, you hear even, something. I do. <laughs> I do. I hear some kind of island something. Oh, okay. See, usually I don't know what people are hearing, so I just throw it all out there. So, I was born in New York. Okay. And um, so every now and again, that'll push through. Okay. And then my family is Panamanian. My mom and dad are from Panama. The, really? The country, not Panama City, Florida. I have to make that distinction, right? Because people be like, who Florida? The, no, no, no. No, no, no. You don't understand. Who, who be like Florida? <laughs> Florida? I be like, my people are from Panama. Florida? <laughs> Ma'am, sir. No. The country. Really? No, yeah. I be like, the Panama Canal. You know, the Panama. So, yeah, that's where my people are from. Mm, Panama. Okay. Yeah. I got a homegirl that is uh, Panamanian. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. See, we make it. Listen, yeah. we out here. Yeah. Like, people don't know. People are like, what? Like, they've never, you know. But now, I remember growing up. Oh, have you always been from Texas? No. Where, where'd you come from? From L.A., from California. Okay. you. Yeah. I did a little stint in L.A. Really? We'll talk about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I did a little 10 months in L.A. <laughs> I came right on back to Texas. <laughs> but, um. I remember growing up in Texas back back then, right? Black Hispanic wasn't a thing. Like that was it was just Mexican, black, white, Asian. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So then here I come from New York. Uh-huh. You know, and I got this accent and my family is talking Spanish and so it was hard back in the day. So I'm so happy now that 
Cardi B is out here showing, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and so many other artists are out here just showing that we exist. And people are just more accepting. Yeah. And then that you say that there's, you know, I know a Panamanian. I remember when that wasn't a thing. They'd be like, what? Yeah. Florida? Yeah. <laughs> Florida? <laughs> like, no! Yeah. <laughs> so Los Angeles. Yeah. What brought you here? I know this ain't my show. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I, I, went to, uh, I went to Prairie View. That's nice. the yeah, okay. I went to Prairie View. So that started me, my Texas roots. Uh-huh. Right? Um, and then I moved back after college, went back to L.A. Uh-huh. And while I was here, I met this uh, girl. Her name yeah. was LaKenya. Uh-huh. She later became my wife. Aww. And so I just moved back. And oh, I was so. like, you know what? Fuck it. I, and I, was, I started to hate California. Just, just from. What was with, it? What was it? First of all, the, the the cost of living. Oh yeah, the cost of living was yeah. just ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, and I had started getting into like so many little little trouble things okay. with the court system, and okay. I was like, "Fuck this!" Oh, excuse me. I was like, "Man, I'm out of here." I'm like, "I'm like I, I'm leaving California." Yeah. And so six years ago, I left. Um, and now it's crazy to see that most California people are mo- moving to Texas. Yeah, they here. Yeah. <laughs> I did 10 months in, I'm saying it like I was in, right? Jail. Like. I, I did 10 months in Inglewood, right? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't bad. Inglewood, I love Inglewood. I thought Inglewood was dope, you know? Did you? I did. It, it, didn't, when, it didn't bother me. When did you do? That's probably the part. <laughs> so, I did Inglewood after law school because I was going to go to California and be an entertainment attorney. And that what, was, what year so that was like? Two, that was 2011. Okay. So. Okay. I, I think I was still I was still out there then. Okay, yeah. so that's 2011 ish. I didn't have no problems in Inglewood, you know. Um, and um, but the struggle was real. Like I I was roommating with somebody and trying to get my own apartment and even trying to get a job as a as a paralegal and as a, while I took the bar out there. Then the bar was a whole nother. Anyway, so um, I decided that I I said I didn't came all the way out here to California to struggle. I ain't never struggled a day in my life. I was struggling out there like financially, right? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't used to to that because you know you know it's, it's cheaper here in Texas, right? And so I was like, I'm out here struggling for no for no reason. It took me ten months. I said, Nah, Venice Beach can't because I love Venice. I love Venice Beach, do right? You? I do. It's so like. <laughs> When you ain't got no money, like, that's so, and you want to just get out the house, like, that's where you go, right, for entertainment, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I, and then it's just beautiful. It's just it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I packed up my little, my little BMW uh-huh. and sh- hooked it right on back to tech. I said, nah, I'm, this is foolish. I'm, I ain't never struggled a day in my life. I done came out of the way out here to struggle, and then I couldn't pass the bar. I kept falling 25 points short. Mm. California is inundated with attorneys. So the bar's mission is to keep you out, not necessarily help you in. They mm. trying to so their 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 um their grading systems are a lot more stringent in mm. California. So twenty five points every single time. Like I took it like two three times. Yeah. I was like, you know what, you know what, this is a sign. I'm gonna go on back to Texas, and I came on back to Texas. I don't to do that. And it, but cost, I loved it, it. it cost to take the bar, right? It, it cost to take the bar. Yeah, it cost to take the bar, and then it's. I think Cali was like two days of bar exam i think i can't remember texas is three whole full days eight hours each day of just and and it's the entire time there's like not no there's not any like people think like it's just like oh you write this thing and then you stop no the entire time three days yeah like uh, like it's gruesome and so uh you know i said i haven't been back to la since 
I said I want to go back just to visit, though. I'm on a visiting. <laughs> yeah, you want to go visiting. visiting, yeah. And I'm going to get back <laughs> on a plane and go home, right? But I haven't been back since then. But L.A. Gate, man, it was a good time, those 10 months. And it's beautiful out there. It is. The weather is nice. Is The oh. people, though. The people. Oh, the people was See, getting me, man. What What you mean? I Listen, you. What you mean the people? What you okay. Mean? <laughs> I don't want to get no. Pro- I don't want no problem. I don't want no smoke. No. Yeah, okay. No. So originally I'm from New York, Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like I was like, okay, at least in Brooklyn, they don't like you. They gonna tell you I don't like you. So you know what to expect. You know to brace yourself. You know. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna be like, I, I ain't fooling with you like that. Yeah. And it's just raw and uncut. What I found in LA is that they would not like you. But you can't tell because they're smiling, they're friendly. They're, it was a lot of uh, fakery. Yeah. And then they kick you down the stairs, so you don't even know to brace yourself for that kick, right? At least New York, you know to brace yourself, right? Like, yeah, it's coming. Yeah. They would sneak up on you and kick you down the stairs. And I was like, listen, I'd rather somebody be real with me than uh, I couldn't do the fake. It was the fakeness for me. And it was like, you know, um, as soon as I pull up, these females judging what I get out of. They judging what I got on, my jewelry, my clothes, my shoes, my purse, my makeup, everything. And I was like, <laughs> like, I can't, like that was a lot for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to go back to Texas. Yeah. I ain't got to deal with all this. <laughs> and so that's, I, I just, it was the personality. I just wasn't vibing with it. Yeah. And I think more, most, in my opinion, of New York people is most New York people are in your face. Up front like, You know face, what I mean? Yeah. With LA, it is kind of like, Hunky little Dory mm-hmm. and everybody is, but yeah, nice and stuff, and they don't yeah. like you, like they hate your guts. But it, I think that 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 comes from a sense of we don't know what you may do later, mm-hmm. and so we want to put that on that face or be, you know what yeah, I mean? No, I'm good. We don't know that. who you gonna be, because right, that, right, that's what it is. <laughs> we don't know who you. We don't want to burn our bridges. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. no, I'm good on that. <laughs> I'm so straight on that. So I was like, Mom, I'm coming back home. Yeah. Yeah. It took me 10 months. I tried, though. I re- and then, like, the one bedrooms, it'd be like a a, a room this, like, an apartment this size, so and it listen, was like $1,600. No, let's not talk about rooms, because New York rooms to L.A. rooms. That's why I didn't go to New York, because I wasn't finna do New York either. New York was, t- they want to put you in the basement for yeah. six. At least, at least this room would have had a view, right? Yeah. Yeah. In L.A., they would put you in the basement for like two thousand. You'd be like, "No, wait a minute. Yeah. We're rats and roaches. Uh, uh-uh, uh, I can't." Yeah. So yeah, no, that's why I didn't go. So that's why you should have went to like the valley. The valley is. I wanted to. The valley was expensive for me at that. Was point. it at that time? It was like the mm. valley was charging what Texas is now charging for things for apartments. Really? You know what I'm saying? At that time, the valley was it was too much. I stayed in my little Inglewood area. Listen, yeah. there was a fish spot down the street I loved. Where, where did you Listen, stay at? Where, do you I remember? don't remember what the street was, but it was um it was quiet. It was okay. that street that street was quiet. Okay. We didn't have no problems. Okay. I didn't I didn't fear for anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Cause you hear stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. So no, that street was like super chill. Um, Inglewood looks so different now. Does it? Because they built that. Good uh, or bad? Good. Okay. Because they built that stadium. That stadium right there. But yeah. the stadium was there when I was there. In 2011? I want to say the stadium was there. Yeah, I, I think the stadium, they just started building it. Um, matter of fact, when I left. When? 2016, 17. Really? Yeah, they only played football in the two state two years, I think. Right. Oh, so okay. you you remember what a Hollywood Park Casino was in Inglewood, like right off of? Um, I think so. 
Manchester and Prairie. Mm-hmm. So that whole um, Inglewood, I mean, uh, Hollywood Park, where it was the racetrack, okay. is no longer there. That whole thing is now the football stadium. The football stadium. stadium. Okay. So, yeah, now maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so it looks like, so it's nice now. Yes. Nicer. Nicer. Yeah. That's dope. It yeah. wasn't bad when I was there in 2011. I didn't think it was, like, compared to what I saw on TV and what I was expecting. So this is how it yeah. is. Like, a street could be bad, and then you can move over to the next street, and it'd be all old right people. Right over. Right yes. next over. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And it'd be all old people that stay on okay. the street, you know what I mean? And so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what, it was a lot of older. It wasn't, I didn't see a lot of kids or people my age out there at all on yeah, that street. Yeah. So maybe that's what it was. I was like, oh, this is, I can do this. <laughs> it gave me a false sense, I guess. I was like, yeah. I can do this, Inglewood. It ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. I wish, I, I wish you knew where, where you stayed at. I, when I when we get off, I'll tell you when we get off. I'll, okay. I'll see if I can find it. Okay. For yeah. sure. <laughs> I, sometimes I miss home, but sometimes I'm like, it's not worth it to even pay for the weather. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like the, the the state of California not doing anything to, to help the, the residents mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, especially during COVID, I'm so glad I wasn't out really? there for COVID. It was bad. Man, oh. it was like. Desert, and I think New York and 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 California mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. the two states that stayed closed down the longest. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, there's no way I could have did COVID <laughs> over there. Heck so no. then, are you settling for Texas, or do you really like Texas? No, I, I really like Texas. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And matter of fact, my my mother's dad is from Fort Worth. Oh, yeah. okay, so, all right. So I got some families in in Fort Worth that okay. are that are here. So that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Okay. Yeah. And then your wife is from here. She's from here. Okay. So yeah. then you're straight. Yeah, I got a little Texas background in me, whether I know it or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, though. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So that's dope. I'm loving Texas, man. I'm, I'm loving Texas. I business. always ask people that like come here, like, do you like it or do you not like it? Like, you know, because I'm always curious as to like your experience, right? Coming mm-hmm. from somewhere else, your experience so yeah I, th- I think me going to uh, Prairie View kind of shaped me to the yeah. Texas living yeah. you know what I mean so and I, I met a bunch of people that was from Dallas from Houston mm-hmm. you know from San Antonio different part of Texas mm-hmm. and some of them I went you know during those little small breaks yeah I went and visit their their okay. time so okay. I kind of got to see a little bit more of Texas during that point was it I mean? a culture shock for you when you went to Prairie View um a little bit, a little bit, yeah. only because it was it was more. Um, I was used. To, I, I went to all black high school, okay. right? So uh-huh. going to all black college wasn't that major, okay. But just seeing people from with these different clothes, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was, yeah, that kind of threw me off. Like, wait, what? What is what is he wearing? Starchy Archies, like Not I never. Starchy Archies. <laughs> never. Yeah. And, yep. and just hearing the music was mm-hmm. totally different. Mm-hmm. So that part was, but not too much as far as like anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I loved it. That's dope. I remember I, I had a culture shock, but I was smaller, so I was like six when I came here, mm. and it was a culture shock for me. I think more so because I was a culture shock for them. Like I was shocked that you were shocked by me. You know what I'm saying? I was like, "What, y- what is y'all doing out here?" Like yeah. I don't understand. You know? And I'm like, you know, because New York is a melting pot. Everybody, you know, there's so many different people there from mm-hmm. different cultures, right? So you just learn that people are different early on, right. right? Here, it was like, you know, they looking at me sideways, and I'm looking at them like, "What? 
why are you looking at me? You know, yeah. um, you ain't never heard of Panamanian. You ain't never heard of, you know, because to me, that was my world. Like, that's what I knew. I was Panamanian. There was other Panamanians like that. You know, um, we talk Spanish. We listen to Spanish music, you know. And so it was for me, it was a culture shock that I look like you. But yeah. culturally, we yeah. had nothing in common. Mm-hmm. You talking about um, okra. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't, and to this day, I don't eat okra. Okay. But I'd be like, I don't know what that is. Like, what? Greens and cabbage? That wasn't part of my, it's yeah. wonderful, okay? Yeah. I love it, right? But I didn't know what that was. And they'd be like, how you don't know? And I was like, well, I don't know how you don't know. Like, Y'all eat plantains. Like, huh, right? Love plantains. Yeah. Love them. I remember I remember going to my homegirl house as a kid. And yeah. her mother would have plantains cooked. Yeah. I'm like, with every meal. Yeah. Every so, meal. Like, what is this? Banana. Yeah. And you'd be like, banana, right? Because th- you're talking about the yellow. you thinking the yellow banana. Yeah. Listen, them, la- listen. And then have rice with every meal. Mm-hmm. Rice and chicken with every, matter of <laughs> every fact, dinner. Matter of fact, my homegirl that's from Panama, uh-huh. that's Panamanian, she lives here now. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. She that's li- dope. I think she lives in Mansfield. So, yeah. Oh, what's her name? I'll tell you after the show. Okay. I'm yeah. like, give me her name. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll okay. tell you. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I know any Panamanians in Mansfield. Um, but yeah, that's that's dope. Yeah. See, look at that. Yeah, that's what's small up. world. Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm not. I don't want to keep you too long, Bree. I appreciate you um, coming and sharing your knowledge, and I'm definitely gonna come and see you um, when I'm ready to form my okay. business. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Man, leave your information in case people want to get a hold of you. Okay. So, um, my, again, my name is Bree Bethacourt, owner of the Bethacourt Law Firm. If you need me for legal services, hit me up at one eight three three four bri law That's one eight three three four bri law And then you can also find me on Instagram at Issa Lawyer, Issa, I-S-S-A underscore lawyer or on Facebook at the Bethacourt Law Firm. And then to book me for speaking gigs, um, just DM me at, at, at on Instagram, it's a underscore lawyer, and um, we can go from there. Okay. Man, Bree, thank you again. Thank, thank you, you for tapping in. Yes. Yo, man, this has been the Tap In Podcast. Thank y'all for tapping in. Holla.